Streaks on the china never mattered before. Who cared when you drop kicked your jacket as you came through the door? Okay, this is, is it doing it? It's doing it. All right, this is episode one. I haven't done this with anybody else. Oh, man. Welcome. All right. Welcome to the as yet unnamed Seinfeld themed podcast. Um, the only other Seinfeld themed podcast I've listened to is Seinfeld. I don't know if you've listened to Seinfeld. I'm here with my friend Mark, by the way. I don't know if you want people to know your full name or do you care? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not hiding from anybody. Mark Coughlin, he's a <laughs> guy in town, guy about town. Uh, That's what's going to stay say on my tombstone, guy in town. Guy in town. Guy in town, yep. And die in town, too, I guess. <laughs> guy in town, die in town. Uh, I have um, not listened to Signcast. I've heard a lot about it. I feel like one of those guys is like, hey, have you heard this band? Uh, no, I've heard of them, but I've not heard them. No, but that happens all the time with bands because bands are just yeah. like, fuck, I don't know. I can't keep up with all the bands. It's like, yeah, I've heard somebody talk about it. I saw a t-shirt. I saw that they were on a bill somewhere. But like, yeah, I, exactly. I don't have time. But um, uh, yeah, so I listen to Signcast pretty regularly. I put it on as like background because um, it's almost become like Seinfeld where I can put on Seinfeld in the background and work and do everything else. I don't need my mind completely focused on Seinfeld because yeah. I know the show so well. And Seinfeld is almost like that because I've that's listened funny. to it over and over. Um, so that's become kind of my background noise. But this is sort of, I'm not, I don't want to do a episode by episode breakdown. I'm just kind of asking people to talk about an episode that they like. And so this, this, this episode we're doing um the boyfriend yeah let's see here it's season three episode 17 the boyfriend yeah so why did you why did you want to do this one i mean honestly there's so many great ones to pick from i know that's like probably like a cliche thing to say but like i could have picked any number of a dozen right off the top of my head but this one is fantastic because uh myself and my entire family are JFK assassination conspiracy nuts. So, <laughs> yeah, um, as you can see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not for show. That's a, a permanent fixture in my living room. Mark's got a Kennedy for president uh, poster in his uh, living room there. <laughs> yeah, um, I got that at the, um, the Sixth Floor Museum in Dallas, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean that it's, it's so well done. Like the Seinfeld always plays uh, uh homage uh, yeah. or parody perfectly. Like it's, there are details there that make it great, but it's so goofy and ridiculous that it's, I mean, it has to be cause it's Seinfeld. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then, that's awesome. Yeah. Something I'd forgotten actually was that Newman Wayne Knight is in the movie JFK. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that actually, the movie aired in December of 91. And this episode of Seinfeld aired in February of the next year. So like three months oh, later. Oh, wow. Okay. So it, 
I never realized that before, but um, I, you know, eventually realized that that was not only an homage to the movie, um, the sec, you know, the part where they they recreate the uh, the spitter, sure, but, um, yeah, but also to to Newman because he's actually um, one of Kevin Costner's uh, underlings in the New Orleans um, DA office. That's and in the courtroom. He's one of the ones like uh, set up to demonstrate everything. It's Wayne Knight. Yeah. yeah. Not as Newman, but as this other character that yeah. also um, exists somehow in the Seinfeld world. I guess I think that happens with George, with Jason Alexander and Pretty Woman. Cause Pretty Woman, isn't he in Pretty Woman? Um, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's such Kane, a long... I didn't know that. <laughs> this is something I read, but I, or heard maybe. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But anyway, there's a movie that Jason Alexander is in that shows up on, like, it's a video on Jerry's shelf or something like that. But it's like, <laughs> okay. he exists as an actor in the world of Seinfeld. It's such a, like, crazy mindfuck. And they yeah. do that with, like, the pilot, too, where it's like, they're making a show called Jerry on yeah, Seinfeld. right. Yeah, yeah. mindfuck. But yeah, let's. Um, so I did take a lot of notes on the episode. I just did a watch through, and there's like 20, sure. 25 scenes. So okay. um, let's just, we can just run through the show and talk about like what's, what's sure. interesting in each part. So it opens up with a, uh, oh, hold up. Ideas for the title of the show Sign Feels, where it's Ooh, like. Very modern. Is it? <laughs> with the feels? <laughs> Yeah, all the, uh, all the sign feels. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Then we'll just, that may be the title of the show. We'll see. Anyway, so there's an opening stand-up. Jerry's on stage. He's talking about working out and how about, uh, the workout's really just so you make it to the next workout. You're not working out for any reason. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I work out to feel good. I get the endorphins. Sometimes his stand-up lands a little like flat with me because he's like making up scenarios where I'm like, no, that's not really the scenario that I'm in, though. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that a little bit. I mean, I for the most part, I'm doing it for myself. I'm not yeah. doing it to like, certainly not doing it to look good because I've yeah. not accomplished that. But anyway. Oh, um, you look awesome, man. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Right, Mark's looking awesome on, uh, on Zoom. <laughs> you're um, and you're the, obviously the most handsome uh, Seinfeld podcast. Oh fuck host. no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm ba- I'm bald now too, which is interesting. <laughs> you rock it though; it looks good. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and there's there's so many like sometimes with Seinfeld, it's a hard line to walk because some of it's pretty dated. Yeah, and some of it some of it rings true like to this day, and some of it. I'll be honest, it's a little cringeworthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's interesting to rewatch it. It's also interesting because there was a time where there was an incident that happened in my life and one of the darker incidents on Seinfeld kind of coincided with it. So I couldn't even watch Seinfeld, even though it was my favorite show. Like there's like a year period where I just could not stand to watch Seinfeld. Wow. It was weird. Okay. So weird. Um, but anyway, so the show starts, they're in the locker room at the gym and they had just, they've just played basketball, which is like, what you guys play basketball. Right. Which is, it kind of, that brought up something else that I had thought about. I don't, I mean, you notice that like, there's always a bike hanging in Jerry's apartment, Mm -hmm. but never once, I don't recall one scene, not only that does he ever use it, but he never even mentions it. It's just there. Oh, he does mention it one time. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
he mentions it in the um, nude episode where the woman is naked the whole time. <laughs> There's like good naked and bad naked. And I yeah, think yeah. she's like, I'm going to tune up that bike. Cause she's like doing all these weird squats yeah, and she's like shit. opening the pickle jar. Yes. And, and Jerry's stuff. just like, don't bother. It's just for show or something like that. <laughs> like they acknowledge <laughs> it. I didn't know that. They acknowledge oh. it one time, I believe if I'm, if I'm correct. But anyway, so they're in the gym. Keith Hernandez is there stretching and George has no respect whatsoever for Jerry's stand-up career. Cause he's like, He's Keith Hernandez. You're Jerry Seinfeld. You're, You're telling, nobody, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, telling some jokes in a nightclub. Like, fuck you, George, man. Yeah, the thought, like when Jerry mentions, like, well, maybe he would come up to me. Yeah. Maybe Keith would come up to me. And that, yeah. that thought to George is like the most absurd, like, what, what planet are you living on where right. Keith Hernandez would come up to you because of your comedy? Yeah. And then naturally, like two seconds later, he does. <laughs> he does, which I mean, to be fair to George, it is kind of like, because in the show, Jerry's like a crappier comedian than he really is. You know, like he's not as successful. He's kind right, of just like schlubbing kind of, it a little bit, but he has enough money career. to. I'm sorry? It's still like a burgeoning career. Like he's yeah. Still like, yeah, where, where, he, where Keith Hernandez is definitely like several levels above him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, there's that. And they start talking. Keith comes up to Jerry and is, they get to talking and, and they're going to go out on a little man date, I guess. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite parts about that was that because, I mean, I think Seinfeld generally is known for creating these buzzwords. Yes. And um, I, it didn't really stick, obviously, but George got labeled a chucker. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a chucker. Yeah, he's a chucker. Yeah. You you always shoot the ball. I had to dribble. You're a chucker. (laughs) Yeah. And then Keith even ends the scene with, uh, who's this chucker? Exactly. (laughs) Because he's talking about like the planes crashing. Like there should have been a plane crash by now. Right. And he just doesn't see the inappropriateness of that, which is great. I think it's a good question. It's a very Larry David question, though. It is, which of course makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then my other comment was Keith can act pretty well. He's a pretty decent actor. I thought the same thing because I think athletes and celebrities from other realms who guest on these shows typically are not good at all. Oh, they're terrible. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, Keith isn't, you know, Oscar level actor, but I think between him being better than average and Jerry not really being great. Being the low average. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. But like they kind of like level each other out and I think, I think it works. Yeah. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's definitely better than, than your average, uh, you know, athlete musician. Cause like, yeah. Do you remember um, who uh, Bill, Bill Buckner, do you remember the curb episode with Bill Buckner? He yeah. is not a good actor on curb. He's very like no. stiff. And <laughs> actually I've got uh you got Bill Buckner right here. Oh, you got the card right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And then I am by no means a baseball fan at all. Pretty much all of my baseball references come from Seinfeld. There's a lot of topics where all my references on it come from Seinfeld, and that's yeah. it. Like, baseball's not one for me, but definitely other stuff. For yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, sadly, shamefully, most of I think my knowledge of Jewish culture comes from Seinfeld and Kurt. Yep. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, it just does. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I just didn't grow up in that culture at all right. or even around <laughs> it, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next scene is uh, Monks with Elaine. 
Mm. Um, so they're talking about this date. They're acting like it's going to be a date. And yeah. uh, uh, Jerry's like, he hasn't called me in three days. Like I gave him my number. Like I, I finally, I meet a nice man or nice guy. And they're treating it like this, this date two like girlfriends gabbing to each other. And it's, it's amazing. That just, I love that parallel and how it goes throughout the entire show where the whole thing with uh, Keith Hernandez is seen as a boyfriend. Oh yeah. For Jerry, it's amazing. Yeah, I love about that scene. I love how the tables are turned and all of a sudden, probably for the first time, Jerry might know what it's like for a woman in that position. Yeah. You yeah. know, he, and he's just, he's just taken aback. He's just blown away and appalled and, yeah. you know, like, like oh, oh, yeah, the fat chance. If he doesn't call in a month, you know. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's insane. <laughs> Elaine, you can tell, like, she, it's like old hat for her. She's like, yeah. this, this stuff happens just She's all been the around time. the block. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Typical, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it thought, made me think about, um, so, like, I was, I was with somebody for eight years throughout the 2000s. And uh, when I got out of that, I got divorced. Um, everything was all online. It was all apps at that point. Like, it turned yeah. into, like, okay, keep it, Tinder, Bumble. No one was like, I'm going to give you my number. And, <laughs> like, you're going to call me on the telephone. Like, I don't know about how you go about dating, but that has not happened for me in, like, 20 fucking years or something. <laughs> maybe even more yeah it's um so admittedly i've never used a dating app or site oh, okay yeah um and i've of course got mixed uh opinions on that from friends you know some who say you should absolutely do it you're missing out and others who say good move don't even bother it's a wasteland out there yeah. you know it's terrifying but um but yeah i guess i'm probably a little bit old school when it comes to that but even so um I mean, pretty much everybody's got a Facebook yeah, and probably an Instagram. Right. And like, I don't do much on uh, Snapchat, but me neither. Every, everybody I know seems to. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the, the age old phone number has kind of gone by the wayside. It's like, oh, follow me here. Yeah. You know, so yeah. whatever. It's, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, I have a friend who has been sending me, like he told me he'd been sending me Snapchats for months. Mm-hmm. And I, I have an account, but I deleted the app off my phone because I was like, I don't use this fucking thing. Right. And so he'd just been sending me things. And I was like, I've ne- I haven't seen any of it. Like, sorry, man. <laughs> so out of it. Um, but anyway, so that scene ends with Jerry saying, this is all very confusing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, my God, this next stand up. He's... Um, because to stand up where he's like you know by the time you reach a certain age you've got your friends and they're your friends you're not looking for new applications you're not looking for new you know people to join the group they don't know the places they don't know the things you do and i'm there i'm so there like i am i like having a a a periphery of people i know but like the people that i'm core with yeah there's not a lot of room to to get in there at this point Oh, agreed. hundred percent. Um, yeah, that one still definitely rings true. Um, I mean, I say still probably more so now than ever. It's like, I just turned 40 in December and yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that was just like, yeah, thankfully for me, I mean like the small group that I have are fantastic, you know, Yeah. anybody for, for anybody that's great, but it, the, it just keeps slowly kind of. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. So now like George's plot starts. Um, they're at the unemployment <laughs> office with George and Mrs. Sokol. He, uh, he makes a big deal about listening for work because she asked, have you been looking? Yeah. Like, no, I've been looking, but listening, don't discount listening. <laughs> he does that. He makes that stretch out for like 30 seconds, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. He is just, he is just so needs to get out of this situation where he has to sign these papers and he's so desperate. So he's talking about listening for work. And then uh, he's like, I, I, so I've been in and out of so many buildings. And so the lady is like, name one name, which happens to George a lot. In another episode, Lippman, I think is like, who do you read? Like name one name. And then he's like, Art Vandalay. He yeah. says Art Vandalay there. Yeah. Here, he says Vandalay Industries. That's one of the places he's been looking for work. Yeah, that's definitely a recurring, uh, I think back to season one, he talks yes. about like when- um, They're in the lobby. He, yes, exactly. They're in the lobby waiting for that woman from the dinner party. Yeah. And he comes up like on the spot, I think with Vandalay Industries. Yeah. Or, or Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay. Like, yeah. who are you here to see? Art Vandalay. Yeah, it's so- <laughs> And I love that continuity that they used it there. They used it here. This is season three. They use it later. Yeah. Um, it's, I love that. And I think that's like Larry David genius, probably. Yeah. Just like threading the, threading the thread or whatever you want to call it. But- mm -hmm. um, so anyway, in this scene, George talks about how he's a gum guy. He can get her all kinds of gum. Um, and then he does this impersonation. It's like a, uh, it's, it's an impersonation of a character called Jose Jimenez. I didn't know who that was before I, I looked know, I didn't either. That's yeah. one area of the episode I was kind of like, I'm not sure what, who he's trying to be right there. He's trying to be Jose Jimenez. And this was apparently an offensive Mexican character done by a white guy, Bill Dana. But... Uh, Okay. Dana, Dana found times to be changing and he realized that such, such, I'm reading from Wikipedia here, that such ethnic humor was becoming offensive and Hispanic groups began protesting Dana's portrayal of the Hispanic character. Interesting. He declared it dead and then he ended up getting an image award from the National Hispanic Media Coalition. So he ended, he ended up being okay. Oh, Meanwhile, I also saw this side note. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Jeff Dunham, the... Uh, ventriloquist unfortunately yes he's, he's got a character <laughs> called jose jalapeno described oh as God. almost indistinguishable from jose jimenez so he's yeah. doing the shtick from the 60s that uh bill dana killed in 1970 so <laughs> it's pretty fucked up yeah dunham's got all sorts of that's certainly not the only character he has that's um um, what I would call in bad taste. Yeah, I think he's got like a terrorist and he's, yeah. he's got all kinds of shit. Yeah. It's very popular though. He makes a lot of money. So hey, uh, everybody's got a market. Everybody's got a crowd, I guess. What the fuck, America? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, the takeaway from this scene is that Jerry's apartment now is Vandalay Industries. He gives, <laughs> he gives Jerry's phone number and address. Yes. A scene changes. Uh, Jerry's apartment. Kramer's on the phone um, talking about golf with somebody. He's like, it takes a dog leg left and then blah, blah, blah. He's holding yes. a golf club. Um, and I love how casual he is sitting on the couch with his feet up. Yeah. On, on the, like the ottoman. Yeah. He's he truly makes it his home. home. Yeah. 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 He's, he's more at home there than he is at his own place. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have running water at his house in, in one episode. <laughs> or a refrigerator. Or a refrigerator. He moved, he moved a dresser in there so he could get dressed <laughs> while he eats breakfast. Yeah. Uh, 
and then uh, who comes? Someone comes over. Oh, Kramer. Oh, yeah. There's the gotta see the baby thing. Uh, well, does, does George call? George Kramer? tries to get into a phone booth. Right. And pushes somebody out of the phone booth, I believe, and then ends up calling a very frazzled Kramer, like called Kramer very frazzled-ish, and uh, yeah, said all that stuff. And Kramer's just like, "Can we do this later? Call back. I'm I'm busy." Um, so yeah, no, Jerry never finds out about Vandalay Industries, even though <laughs> even though George successfully does connect a phone call with Jerry's apartment, which is so great because George is just hovering when yeah. the phone rings that time. And Jerry very smoothly, just like Vandalay Industries. And yep. George is like, yes. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, like, he did it. Yeah. But then I was going to mention this later, but Jerry like messes around as Cal Varnson speaking. Yeah. Like he just like is improvising. And it's, I love it. It's great. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually one of my favorite parts about that is, so when he says Cal Varnson. Yeah. And, you know, of course, George looks at him like, what is yeah. that? Yeah. But, um. But then Jerry says, oh, hey, Keith, I'm just messing around. Oh, yeah. So, like, what did Keith say? Like, I'm Keith Hernandez? Oh, like, yeah. Hernandez? <laughs> well, he's probably like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Why would he say that? He would think he had the wrong number, right? He wouldn't be like, well, this is Keith Hernandez. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. That is weird. Maybe his voice is just so ingrained in Jerry's mind that he probably I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, George is frantic. He's trying to get back to Jerry's. Um, he's, he's in a cab and the driver fucking hates him because George is backseat driving. He's like, get in this lane, get in that lane. Um, kicks him out, just pulls him out by his, by his jacket and kicks him out of the cab. Um, next scene. Oh, side note, that is, it's like a foreign cab driver, but what I've noticed is that they don't really use foreign people for the foreign roles. It's usually like guys with like names like Don Smith or whatever. It's like, yeah. but he's like doing a crazy yeah. accent, which is unfortunate, but I do lo- I don't find the accents on, uh, offensive at all. And they really add to the show in my opinion, but I could see how some of that could be like sort of like, why didn't they use like an ethnic actor if they're trying to do that sure. sort of thing? Yeah, and there's obviously a long history in film and cinema yeah. of them doing, uh, people, you know, doing that. Yeah, um, I mean, for fuck's sake, like, like, play, yeah. you know, people of color. And, Gandhi, like, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And yeah. Ben Kingsley, so. Yeah. Um, so they're back to Jerry's. Um, Jerry's talking to Kramer and Newman, who just shows up out of nowhere. He does that twice in this episode, where he's like, Keith Hernandez, where he just walks, shows up in the doorway after Kramer says it. And it's, yeah, it's and awesome. he shows up randomly wearing a Mets hat. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, okay. Okay. both times he's got a Mets hat on. That is funny. Yeah, so that's just... <laughs> They tell the story. It was June 14th, 1987. Kramer says, our day was ruined. <laughs> and they do the whole, you know, the whole Kennedy thing, which you think, um, is that what it looks like in the movie, JFK? Yes. So They show it as this grainy, and it's the real Zapruder film? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Zapruder film. Yeah. yeah. So um, have you seen the Zapruder film? Or at least no, I, I mean, I've okay. probably seen it in documentaries about yeah. stuff, but not I'm really. Sure. Yeah. I haven't watched it. <laughs> um, it, I mean, uh, man, it's brutal. Mm. He, he captures that last shot where, I mean, not to like, you know, bring it down here, but like where 
Kennedy loses like a quarter of his head. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a brutal, brutal shot. But um, yeah, it's super grainy. Uh, Cause it's, I mean, it's, uh, you know, a handheld camera in 1963. Yeah. But, uh, but the, yeah. So in the show, um, the, the boyfriend, they have uh, kind of like a sepia tone, grainy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from a different, yeah. And it's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Cause it's all it, scratched up and it yeah. kind of, yeah, it captures that, that feel. Yeah. Pretty well. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So Seinfeld fans, I'm not going to go over the whole scene, but it's awesome. And uh, they do the whole, he spit on us, his head went back into the left. Yeah. This is controversy there now. Um, George rushes in with his hair frazzled after being kicked out of a cab by uh, the cab driver. And uh, he goes over this whole thing. He's like, you got to save Vandalay Industries and pick up the phone. And this line by Jerry, the, I'm going to hire you as my latex salesman. <laughs> I don't think so. Right. Awesome. I yeah. fucking love that line. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's the best. And why would I do that? And why would I do I that? asked you to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's so good. So um, I think there's a break there. And then um, we're to assume that Jerry and Keith went on their first date. And oh, they're, yes. they're in the car together. And oh. it's the end of the evening. Fantastic. The handshake. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. there is equating the, the kiss goodnight to a, a goodnight handshake, which I don't know if that works necessarily because handshakes are not, I would shake anybody's hand. Am I like being a slut for, I don't understand. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little too common, a little too familiar, I think, to, yeah. to swap it out for a goodnight kiss. Yeah. But it's something. It's something. And, yeah. I think, you know, this episode and um, a couple others more, obviously, kind of showed the um, homophobia of the time. Yeah. Um, You know, because like uh, back at the um, at the diner, when Jerry and Elaine are going back about when Jerry's like, oh, it's so confusing. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a, a spot where Elaine says, Jerry, he's a guy like what, you know, um, and yeah. of, of course it's known that Jerry's, you know, a heterosexual man. So that's fine. But, you know, like, I don't see some of those pl- scenes playing out that way today. No, no, you know? especially, and George. George is very insecure. Not maybe necessarily homophobic necessarily, but he's very scared that he may be gay in yeah. a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. It's kind of a different dynamic than homophobia, but... I would agree. Yeah. But there's, there's, there are levels, but he's, he's on a level. Yeah. He's sure. on one of the levels. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that all happens. Um, they're going to do this handshake. They're supposed to, then they're going to get together Friday night. They're going to see JFK. Um, but then it turns out they're back in Jerry's apartment. Elaine get, had gotten a call from Keith as well. And they're going out Friday night. So Jerry's plans with Keith are canceled apparently. Um, so instead, Jerry and Kramer get to go see the baby with these friends <laughs> who I did not realize like that couple was friends with Jerry and Kramer. Yeah, somehow Jerry and Kramer. Oh, because um, when that call comes, Jerry takes that call and says, oh, that's um, Michael and I can't remember her name. Carol or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
they want us to come see the baby. Oh, who are they? And I think he says, oh, it's this couple we know that used to live in the building. Oh. So that's probably why Kramer knows them as well. Wait, they say that in the show? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that oh, was kind of, Okay, yeah. okay, I missed that completely because I was like, I thought that was like Elaine's friend, actually, because that's why I thought they got invited out to the, the Hamptons. The Hamptons, time. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. Um, uh, where are we here? So Jerry picks up the phone call from Keith. He says he's Cal Varnson. He says, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to see the baby, which is a great, <laughs> great line. Um, and then the whole thing with Kramer starts because Kramer and Elaine are sitting on the couch and phone rings. It's like, what delay industries? No, yeah. no, no. You're, you've got it all wrong or whatever. Yeah. No, um, George, come, what's that? This is an apartment. Yeah, this is an apartment. <laughs> and so then George runs out with his pants around his ankles. And yeah. I guess he was taking a dump in the bathroom. <laughs> um, ends up on the floor, you know, half naked. Jerry walks in and you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs> That's one of the best lines too. That's a very quotable, uh, you can just replace latex salesman with whatever. Oh and, yeah. Uh, say it in that tone and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so now, wow, we are only <laughs> in scene 11. I might, I might speak, because I don't know what this show really is yet, the format of it or anything. Yeah. It's, just well, it a, it's a double episode too. So. It is. It's a 44 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sorry they're back at the, on a, yeah, hopefully um, Zoom lets me keep recording. Um, oh yeah, there is a limit on that, isn't there? 40 minutes, I think. Okay, we can move it along, that's fine. No I worries. don't know how long we've even been doing it yet. Um, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it, when, it, when it comes up, I'll just, just reconnect and we'll just start. Yeah. I think they throw up the 10 minute warning too. Okay. I think there's cool. a little thing that, that pops up and says, uh, you know, starts counting down from 10 minutes. So. Okay, cool. So uh, next scene, they're back at the unemployment office and George is about to sign the forms, um, but then starts talking about the photo on Mrs. Sokol's uh, desk of her daughter, <laughs> who I'll say is not the most attractive woman <laughs> I've ever seen. Agreed, um, agreed. George is kind of like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Like, oh, she doesn't have a boyfriend. And the audience, you can, I fucking love how the audience is like, they're like, George, you're a sleazebag. Like, cause they're yeah. like, uh they're not like laughing they're kind of like ah oh, this is this you're being a mean cruel yeah George. it's more of a gasp than a laugh from yeah. the audience yeah because it's clear what he's trying to do and he is just hamming it up so he gets her phone number cuts to stand up about unemployment the unemployment insurance that shows up on your check he's like you're unemployed you're employed and right there, they have unemployment right there on your check. Like it's right around the corner um, or whatever. Um, and it's kind of, an, uh, kind of appropriate right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of, a lot of friends of probably ours are, uh, have applied for unemployment, are, are having to deal with Marvin and yeah. all that nonsense right now. I've, I've used that a few times. I've been laid off a few times and it's not the most... Um, efficient system and mm -hmm. that was before what 20 million people nationwide yeah yeah job. yeah and did you see that graph where it was like the line just went like straight up yeah like, as far yeah. as like unemployment level yeah, yeah. So, but i yeah. i can relate a little bit to george like wanting to figure out how to extend mm -hmm. you know because like 
um, admittedly, uh, during the crash, uh, the financial crash in 08. Yeah. I lost my job then because of that. So I was on unemployment and Obama kept extending and extending. I was on unemployment for 99 weeks, which is wow. Just about two years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time. I've been on it for two months, maybe at a time. Yeah. Um, this is kind of interesting. Like last, I was unemployed in LA for a little while. And so LA has got like a bunch of different languages that you can call the unemployment line in. And so my friend was telling me like tips to get through like faster, like call the like Tagalog line and then press like two and then press five. Cause you're, you don't understand what the fuck they're saying. Right. So. You help you navigate. Yeah. You got to navigate through. I never did get through though, but it, oh. whatever. I ended up getting a new job. So it didn't matter. That's an interesting idea though. Yeah game the system that way yeah yeah <laughs> um but anyway so then it cuts to keith and elaine on on their uh, a date and there's a crowd gathered around them and keith is dramatically talking about game six. Oh yes <laughs> it's like a pretty short scene and then it cuts to um jerry and kramer seeing the baby and the only thing i really like about this scene is um <laughs> um Carol or whatever her name is asking, do you love her? And Jerry says, yes, I do love her. And then looks at the baby and says, you have a very nice place here. (laughs) Which I can completely like relate to because I don't know what to say to children. (laughs) That's fair. If they're around me, I, I only know how to talk like this. I don't know how to talk to a child or it feels like I'm talking down to them. So Jerry, so anyway, Jerry just saying, <laughs> you have a very nice place here to the baby was very amusing to me. Uh, also, I think Kramer drops the baby, right? It's implied that Kramer drops the baby. Yeah. But also there's a really weird thing at the very end of that scene when Kramer is picking up the baby, but you can hear George scream. Yes. Which is, like makes yeah. no sense, but it's also great somehow. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's supposedly the baby, I su- would suppose. Or the dad, maybe? Maybe. My I dad. don't know. Yeah. Like, there's no real reason for that. It doesn't make sense. And if you have the subtitles on, it says George. <laughs> it does say it's George. It's obviously George, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Crazy. like, as soon as Kramer reaches down and goes to pick yeah. him, ah! and then the scene cuts. Like, yeah, because then it cuts to George's car with um, Carrie. Carrie Sokol, they had just had Big Macs at McDonald's on their first date. Amazing. Um, George says he has an interview with a hardware store this weekend. And he's like, wouldn't you like to make a key? And I'm like, have you made keys? I've made keys. I used to work in a hardware store. I have made keys. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yes. It's something that uh, it's it, it exists. Yeah, but I could see Larry David being like, because on Curb he wants to like sell cars for a month, and like yeah. he wants to he like definitely do- has um, some sort of like back of mind obsession with like blue collar sort of regular work. Yeah, um, which I I kind of find endearing about him. I do too. Well, I mean, yeah, he's like a super rich Bernie Sanders. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. $500 million and, you know, yeah. he wants to sell cars and he wants to sell cars. Yeah. And in that episode, it annoys me because his wife is like, you got to, you got to work, Larry. And I'm like, why does he have to work? Why can't he watch 
like Jerry Springer <laughs> in the hotel yeah. room. Like he's yeah. earned it. Yeah. He's earned it. Oh yeah. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, so does George kiss Carrie there? Cause she leans in for a kiss in the car there. Does it cut away? Right. It as does. Okay. Um, I don't know. And if he doesn't, why does she go out with him again? I don't right. get it. He must that's, have that's like, weird. you know, did what he had to do. Yeah. They just <laughs> didn't show it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So then they cut to a stand-up clip. Um, Jerry is talking about how you don't talk about your grandfather like you talk about babies. You, you got to come see my grandfather. He's 168 pounds and four ounces. Right. He's, He's a, a thousand, thousand months. months. <laughs> yes. I love that part. And then um, he talks about how it's hard to match a couple's enthusiasm about their baby. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. yeah, I like the whole, do you love him? Oh, yes, I, I do love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do love his line right after that about, um, like, actually, you know, we're really not that happy with him. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want him? We don't even want him. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> All right, so then uh, it cuts again. There's a lot of scenes in this episode. It's just cut, cut, cut. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty good. It moves along, a, along at a good pace. Um, Keith's car, um, he's contemplating kissing Elaine goodnight. And uh, oh. he, Elaine is in her monologue is like, I thought he was a cool guy. Why, what's, yeah. his, what's, his, what's he taking so long for? Which is so interesting to me. And I wonder if women actually think that sometimes. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting too about... Um... Keith's internal monologue or dialogue about like him being kind of insecure. He's like, I'm a ball player. Damn it. I was the MVP in 79. Like, what am I waiting for? Yeah. He has to like, like psych himself up to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to remind right. himself of his accomplishments right. and how amazing he is. Right. Is great. Yeah. If that has really anything to do with it, but no. And it's also <laughs> made the note that he was the MVP in 79, which is the year I was yeah. born. You weren't even born. Yeah. I, that was the year I was born. It's so like, yeah, I was born. I was born in '79 as well. But you just turned 40, right? Yeah, I was born December of '79. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Okay. So I mean, yeah, you will be 41 this year. Yeah. Yes. I'm 41. I have so much more life experience oh, and knowledge than you. Oh, so. wise one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, they cut to Jerry's apartment, and uh, Elaine's talking to Jerry about his, her date with Keith, and Jerry's inquiring if they had. And Elaine is being really coy and cute. And she's like, milk, <laughs> cookies. <laughs> so good. And then um, Jerry's jealous. Jerry's jealous of everybody. He says he's jealous of everybody. He's jealous of Keith dating Elaine. He's jealous of Elaine dating Keith. He doesn't know what to feel. He's very mixed up. Well, I, I like this too, because uh, kind of hearkening back to uh, the diner conversation, I think uh, you know some. I think a lot of men maybe feel. I uh, don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but um, that like this kind of like detail seeking is like something a woman would typically say or want. But here Jerry is. Yes. You know, like, well, you know, did you kiss? And right. what kind of kiss was it? You know, and it's it's born out of jealousy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I, I love how the tables turn on him. Yeah. And and of course Elaine is just like. I, this is my life. I've been through this. Yeah. How many times? And, yeah. and now you're getting a taste of 
right. you know, like what emotional distress that sometimes I get put through, which I think is just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, those are good points. Also, um, it's sort of a little more complicated because they are exes. They've oh, yeah. in the past. And uh, Keith calls and asks Jerry to help him move, <laughs> which who does that? You've met this guy. You've hung out with him once or twice. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I love how everybody when they hear about that, it's the most preposterous thing. Yeah. Like, like what a sleaze what? bag. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. You barely know the Kramer said, you barely know the guy. Yeah. Kramer's like, I wish you didn't tell me. Or like, Cause he's like, don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. And then, um, Oh, Oh, the part that I want to talk about was Kramer being like, next thing you know, you'll be driving him to the airport. And Jerry's I'm like, I'm not driving him to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But That's to the, me, the to me, method. like, yeah. yeah, the hierarchy there is like airport is below helping somebody move. I think so, too. I mean, they're both monumental inconveniences. Yeah. But, but if you if you think about um, the effort that it takes to drive yeah. somebody to the airport versus help somebody move. And I love when Keith says, like, well, it shouldn't be too bad. It's, you know, maybe around four hours. Yeah, like, no, I have I have notes on that later. It's a couple scenes later, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's awesome too. Um, yeah, so help. So yeah, helping somebody move. No, I've helped casual acquaintances um, go to the airport. I've dropped people off at the airport. That's sure. not that big a deal to me. The pickup is worse because you got to circle and find them. Yeah, dropping Time them off at the Delta terminal is easy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think their hierarchy is a little fucked up, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so anyway, cuts to George's car after his second date with Carrie Sokol. And she's not having it. She's <laughs> not into George at this point. She, she kind of thinks he's a little bit of a loser. She says he's like Biff Lohman. Yes. Which is a reference to uh, Death of a Salesman, which they like to do a lot on Seinfeld. Yeah, there's a lot of references to Death of a Salesman. I feel like it might have been an obsession of Larry's or something. I think so, too. Absolutely. Because it's yeah. not even like a movie. It's a play, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Larry must be obsessed with with this guy. Yeah. Character. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a thread that runs throughout the season. for sure. He's a loser that kills himself. Right. <laughs> Essentially. Isn't that? Yeah. So. I could see Larry being very in tune with that man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they they split. She's like, if I ever need a drill bit, I'll call you. And then they go to the bar. Um, I oh. absolutely love that she's not on the fence at all. Oh, when they, yeah. When they, when they go in, when they're in the car together, she's made up her mind and she's swinging for the fences. She's just like... I'm done. You're never going to be more than a, a hardware salesman. Yeah. And like, like you said, you know, if I ever need a drill bit, yeah. yeah. it's just like, bam, bam. Yeah. Just, I like that they put the, you know, this is subjective, but the unattractive, she make the unattractive character very confident that yeah. George is beneath her even, which is great. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think that works on a couple different levels. For yeah. Sure. It's pretty great. Um, so then they cut to the bar. Um, Keith and Elaine are on their second date. And they're doing this first base, second base, third base analogy with like <laughs> sex things. It's an old analogy. Everybody knows. I mean, I guess the definitions of first, second, third have maybe shifted over time, but yeah. he's kind of being a little sleazy here, isn't he? 
I think so. And I don't think he needs to be. No. But maybe maybe he thought about um, you know, his the internal monologue he was having in the car. Yeah. And thinking like, no, I can't be like that. I gotta be sure of myself. Oh, and maybe. Maybe he repeated those stats in his head or whatever. And I was Good MVP, point. you know, and it's like, you know, who what am I doing? You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out and take this. You know, yeah, but yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely being a little. He's sick. being a little bit like I figure I'll be round in third around 11 p.m. tonight yeah. or something like that. Like, yeah. come on. But and I then Elaine is. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Elaine is so cute because she like has good responses to that shit. Like, yeah. I don't think the whatever third base coach coach is waving him in. Or yeah, whatever. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know baseball, and I thought that was brilliant. So <laughs> it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So then they're there. Uh, and Keith pulls out cigarettes. <laughs> now that's confusing to me. Isn't he, isn't he an athlete? See, now I actually had, I was going to talk about this because when I was younger, I mean, I was definitely more into sports when I was younger than I am now. Yeah. Um, but my idea of an athlete, a professional athlete yeah. was like, no, that none of them smoke. None of them do drugs. Yeah. Like they have to be the best they can be. They have to be in shape and in hundred percent health to do their job. that that was a totally foreign concept to me yeah and granted i was um i I was 12 13 when this episode came out you know Mm -hmm. i think i remember seeing it and yeah i was kind of shocked yeah you know and i kind of um i made a note i was actually i kind of likened it to um uh one of the first cds i ever got was um uh this metallica album injustice for all okay and i remember looking through I probably got it when I was 11. Remember reading the lyrics in the booklet. And in the last song, uh, there's the F word. Oh. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, what if my parents hear this? I didn't think they were about that. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it was kind of the same feeling as when I heard like, oh, this athlete, you know, like yeah. smokes it's or smoking. got busted for drugs. It's like, Right. That can't be. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I guess baseball is the kind of sport where you can smoke cigarettes and still be okay yeah, right. at it. Like, cause if, as long as you're a good batter, I guess, or whatever, <laughs> what was his position? Yeah. First base? Yeah. He played first base. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Now is um, Elaine right when she says they put the, the worst player at first base? Is that true? It, there's a little bit of truth to that because typically a position player uh, later in their career who's still a good batter but maybe they're not quite as quick if they played like in the outfield or not as quick reflexes like if they played at third base or something okay yeah um they will get moved to first base okay so okay. there's definitely it's you know, kind of because it's the least crucial base to protect essentially like you don't um, who cares if they like you want to successively better people per level i guess yeah and i think there's there's just less like lateral and overall movement at first. Oh, right on, right on. Shortstop, second base, third base. Those are at very athletic positions. Okay, okay. And first base, I mean, if it gets hit anywhere in the infield, you just go to first base and wait for the ball to be thrown to you. (laughs) You Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's my take on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad I asked because I actually didn't know that about first base. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a – a trend is for ball players who are still good hitters they want to leave in the lineup they'll kind of rotate them over to first base yeah okay awesome uh so she can't get with that she she can't she can't be with a smoker so then they cut to monks jerry and george are discussing elaine and keith hernandez 
Uh, Jerry makes fun of himself here. He uses the same put down that George used on him at the gym locker room. He says, I'm, I'm some guy making wisecracks in a nightclub. He was in game six. <laughs> right. And so he turns the tables on himself. And I love that like parallel. They took the same line from there and they moved it yeah. over here. And this guy's saying it so good. Um, and then he says something that's always like wrong, kind of like, it's kind of sweet. He's like um, about Elaine. He's like, I never thought she'd find someone she liked better than me, but I guess I had my chance and that's that. And I have a few people in my life where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it's at. I had my yeah. chance and that's that. And it's like a real sweet sentiment from Jerry to, to, even, to even touch upon. I would agree. It's, a, it's an extreme moment of vulnerability that you just don't see. Uh, like totally sincere vulnerability yeah. Uh, and like honesty with yourself. <clears throat> and even if it's just a thought that he just happens to vocalize, it's just, uh, it is kind of touching. It's very sweet. Yeah. And, and it, it's uh, in stark contrast to certainly to the rest of the episode, but probably to the rest of the series, really. Oh, yeah. So these yeah. moments, like when they happen, really, they really stand out. Yeah, I agree. And then, so then they, they have a little argument about Magellan versus DeSoto, which is cute. I mean, Magellan's way better. <laughs> I just love how they managed to argue about that at the end of a conversation that has zero to do with that. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so of the show yeah. for them to get into like a legit argument uh -huh. about something that uh, on an offhanded comment at the end of an otherwise kind of productive conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly, it, it's exactly. then they get into some minutia about uh, mm -hmm. about DeSoto and Magellan Magellan <laughs> is totally better than he, Jerry's right just they would have found the Mississippi anyway that's not it's a great line yeah and then they talk about um how George's desire is to sleep with a really tall woman like that's <laughs> right that's what he aims for he's no Magellan he's he wants to sleep with a tall woman um weird question um so the tallest woman i've ever slept with was six two or six three do you know yours <laughs> i was gonna say is that a quote from jerry because i think that's what he says but that happens to be the same for you yeah it was like either six two okay. or six three yeah um i guess i would if i had to get the measuring tape out <laughs> probably uh six foot okay yeah. Shorter than you. I'm, you're you're pretty I'm, tall. I'm six foot. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. Okay. Eye to eye. You know? I'm like five nine. I'm, I'm five nine. I used to think I was five ten, but then <laughs> I went to a doctor where they make you take your shoes off before they measure your height, and then I was like five nine. Well, so yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was a surprise when that happened. I was like, oh, I'm really five nine. Weird. <laughs> Um, okay, so then anyway, uh, why did I write that here? I'm not driving to the airport. Okay, well, I guess he's just like, I'm not driving to the airport again to George or something. But anyway, well, then they so cut to yeah, the other. Jerry, Jerry springs the news on George. I think oh. as he's getting up from his seat at the diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. well, I got, you know. He asked me to help him move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He what? Yeah. So everyone's shocked. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. And then he says, you know, of course, next thing you know, you're going to be driving to the airport. Yeah, okay, that's why I called up, right? Yeah. Right. So good. All right, <laughs> next, the next scene, they cut to the unemployment office, and George is talking up a storm, um, stalling. He doesn't want to sign these forms. Um, he sees a baseball on Mrs. Sokol's desk and says, 
You like baseball? I can get Keith Hernandez to the office within the hour. So she like looks at her clock and, and it's like, you got one hour. Like she somehow for some reason wants in on this, like, instead of just being like Mr. Costanza, just fucking sign the forms, you know? No, you can, I'll give you one chance if you can bring Keith, like this guy has been full of shit this whole time. Why does she allow it? But that, I guess that's the beauty of it is because George was able to pinpoint the weakness. Okay. Yeah. You know, and cause like, Oh yeah, of course she wants to see one of her heroes. That's true. You know? And yeah. it's like, yeah, this guy's failed at everything else, but what if he does come through on this and I get to meet Keith Hernandez? Yeah. Who gives a crap if I give him a 13 week extension? You know? That's true. That's true. Yeah. She's kind of a hard ass though. I mean, she seems like one of those employees that's, you know, doesn't let, <laughs> doesn't let shit slide. So anyway, we're back at, uh, jerry's apartment and keith is talking about how long the moving will take he's like about it won't take long about four hours like you said that's back so much uh like ptsd for me for growing up yeah as an only child and my dad being like mr fix it oh. he would always be like hey what are you doing on saturday while i'm in school you know it's just like <sighs> going out and having fun i was gonna plan on doing something you know yeah. like yeah play basketball with whoever or whatever uh, and he'd be like well I need, yeah I need, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and he it, it all all we were always working on the house okay. always working on the house you always and had something to do i always had to be there and he would always say it won't be bad that was the key phrase and it would, <laughs> always, it would always turn into four hours six yeah. hours eight four. hours <laughs> so when i'm kid you not when keith utters those words it's just like i just get shivers like oh, sure God. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's an interesting connection you have with that line. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd. Um, but uh, so he, I listed out what the stuff was. It was like four hours. There's two dressers, a bed, a box spring attached to a headboard. You're going to have to take that apart. There's a 12-piece sectional couch, a marble coffee table we got in Italy that's three inches thick. Yeah, I love that. That's like, okay, man, <laughs> what is that? Your girth. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's a convertible sofa, but you got to be careful because it opens up. So you got to be really careful when you're taking it down the stairs. The stairs. The stairs. Yeah. <laughs> no elevator. No, it's a three floor brownstone. Oh, so good. And then Jerry breaks down. He's like, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. It's too soon. I don't know you. Awesome. It just breaks down. It's great. He's got his back to Keith and he's got his hands on the table and he's looking down and yeah. you can tell he's just like broiling, you know, just like, yeah. ah, I don't want to do this. It's so <laughs> but it's like so hard to say no too. It's like he'd had to, I guess it is like, you know, trying to being physical with somebody. It's like, yeah, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right, but you, yeah. you got to do it in a way you got to let him down in a good way. But I don't know. I don't know if I would ever break, break like if i was in bed with somebody and then just be like i can't do it i can't do it it's crazy like that would be so fucking weird <laughs> it would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then kramer shows up um and he knows keith hernandez keith hernandez doesn't really remember him but he does eventually after kramer tells the story and yeah. nomer newman does his uh coming out of nowhere again which is like also um, like I love Kramer's spin. Oh, yeah. When he comes in and sees Keith, 
and he yes. just spins around. Yeah. And then he's all like calm and cool. It's yeah. It's great. like he's he does a double take, but he does it like physically because he like sees him, then spins around, then sees yes. him again. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> it's it's cool. The physical humor that he brings to Kramer is astounding sometimes it's just like how did you come up with any of that i agree um and i know some people criticize his physical humor it's too much too yeah. slapsticky too like two, three stooges, three, three stooges i've heard that eh, okay. i don't agree i don't but, agree either but also some of the like the more subtle stuff he does yeah when you expect him to kind of go crazy yeah and he really restrains himself and there's right. just all these like slight movements yeah that stuff is genius to me yeah yeah and he's really good at like taking a bite of something and then saying the line or you know like talking with his mouth full but timing it out really well so that it it comes off as very casual and like a thought he just came up with yeah um so anyway they go over the story there's a uh, Keith now remembers that uh, Newman yelled, nice game, pretty boy. <laughs> and I love the return of the Zapruder film style. Yes. The shots. Yes. Because then as soon as he says that, that, that comes back. Uh-huh. And, and it's all like kind of close at a different angle. It's like kind of from above. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's so great. It's like they had a whole camera team doing the Zapruder yeah. film, basically. Because you can see Keith Hernandez in it very clearly. I don't know if the other baseball players are real in that film, but Keith is. Yeah, the only, I think the only one, other one mentioned was Roger McDowell, which he was a pitcher. Was he really in, with the guy in the film, though, that they Yeah, showed? that was him. It's oh, like it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep, that's yep. that's but cool. It, but it's great because this scene and then the previous one when they had the Zapruder film style uh, footage, they had the, what who they called the umbrella man okay. from, from the actual Zapruder film. So there's a guy that you can see in the film watching the, the motorcade who just opens this black umbrella. And, and he, he's, he's in that both times they show him doing that, even though it's like two different times of the, Oh man, that's and cool. There's a guy who is playing Abraham Zapruder taking the film that's cool with the, with the handheld camera yeah so it's like there's a lot of nuances that i happen to pick up on and there, there might be stuff that i missed too but like it's it kind of gets me right there they took their time <laughs> on that really that's awesome. some good, good yeah. detail there that's that's great no yeah. i wouldn't have known any of that i've been to dallas i went to dallas on a work trip and I, there's a facebook picture of me standing on the spot that kennedy was shot on Oh the yeah, X, the X in the, have the X in the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a picture of that, but like I, I wasn't a JFK conspiracy anything. Like I think that's fascinating that you said your family is, your whole oh, family. My parents and I, yeah, like yeah. they're. I consider myself definitely like of that thought, but they are like over the top more than me. They I yeah, every single book. Um, but I had to say like where, like where I got that poster that was from um the sixth floor museum close to where you were standing on the x like i was looking down looking at the x yeah like next to where oswald was yeah and um <laughs> yeah it's it was quite a feeling it was, it was pretty interesting that is interesting it was interesting standing on the x too it was very oh, uh, sure. surreal. it was very surreal mm-hmm. to imagine the president being shot there but also 
now that I'm learning more about how the world actually works and we're seeing like the sausage get made right now, I, I kind of do maybe have a little bit of a feeling that he was murdered, you know, just cause the right wing is crazy and don't, they don't like progress. So sorry to throw politics into my Seinfeld's podcast, but it's going to come out. That's this well, kind of I mean, podcast. I'm not going to. That's gonna... one of the reasons I love this episode too. Yeah. You know, is, is because of that reenactment. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to parody that with a, somebody who got spit on, you know, yeah. it's absurd. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, especially like I did rewatch JFK recently. Oh. Um, and yeah, like the, I'll admit that Kevin Costner is sometimes hard to believe as an actor. Yeah. But I, I was pretty bought in uh, to this and uh, I hadn't seen it in years, but like his, his monologue at the end is, is pretty moving and pretty um, reflective of the times right now, I would say. Sure. Yeah, so I mean, if you get a chance to check that out, I, I would, for sure. I maybe should, I probably yeah. should. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so anyway, let's finish this scene out. They do the uh, nice game, pretty boy. Um, they do the more, more JFK parallels. Uh, they do the gravelly road instead of the grassy knoll. Yes, behind the bushes, <laughs> yeah. the gravelly road. And then so- he points, he's like, over by the gravelly road. And it's just like, and he's like, I tried to scream out, but it was already on its way. Believe me. <laughs> um, and we find out that the reason <laughs> Roger McDowell spit on them was because they had been cursing at him from the stands and yeah. Newman dumped a beer on his head. So Yeah. And he so- acted so like aloof, like that that could ever be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, like, so good. Well, maybe it was that beer we dumped on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I do enjoy when Seinfeld like builds up a thing and then it kind of squashes it at the end, like in the marine biologist where George is just like, <laughs> she told me to uh, fuck, she, he didn't say fuck off, but he was like, basically, he, she told me to fuck off and I took the bus home or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> After she, she finds out he's not a marine biologist and it's right. just like such a let down, like squash. Well, after, after he gives like, monologue of the century too yes yes yes. you know talking about- i would love to talk about that episode with you too maybe that would be a good one to do that'd be great yeah um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know what you mean it's like this is a pretty even for seinfeld that was epic when yeah. he's telling that story you know but yeah. then yeah it gets squashed with gosh she told me to get lost or get fucked yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and i took the bus home that <laughs> adds to it like it wasn't even the subway it was like i took the bus home yeah all right. So then anyway, Keith befriends Kramer and Newman and Keith Kramer's like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I got to move. And they're both in on the move and Kramer and Newman want to help Keith, Keith yep. Hernandez move. Um, is that kind of like, like a threesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of I love how Kramer instantly is like, yeah, I'm in. I'll help you move. Yeah. But pretty much ridiculed Jerry. Yeah. You know, when Jerry's like, well, he asked me to move. Like, he what? Yeah. You barely know the guy. Yeah. But, but as soon as, as Kramer gets the chance, yeah. you know, to Keith Hernandez move. Well, Kramer's like a, Kramer's like a free swinging swinger, like orgy guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of get that idea through the series for sure. Yeah. And you get that parallel here where it's like him, Newman, and Keith Hernandez are going to deal <laughs> with that three inches of marble. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, all right. So they leave. Uh, Elaine calls Jerry, and this is kind of the end of the episode. They both broke up with Keith, and 
Elaine says it was because of smoking. I like the reference to uh, C. Everett Coop, who yeah, was the Surgeon General. About, yeah, because what other Surgeon General can anybody name? That's, uh, that's, uh, that's exactly my note here. <laughs> like, I can't remember any others except for was, C. Everett Coop. I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he was definitely um, on the minds of people, like, in pop culture. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I... And I know, like, I almost kind of, like, an- analogized him to, um, like, Anthony Fauci. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah. Coop was one of the few people who actually warned people and wanted to bring people uh, the knowledge about AIDS when, like, the Reagan and Bush administrations were, like, trying to quash that. You know, they, yeah. they made a joke out of it, and it would go away, you know. And he was one of the few people in the administration saying, uh, hey, this is this is a real problem affecting a lot of people. Yeah. We need to do something about it. And I kind of view Fauci the same way. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't know if he'll have the same staying power as far as his name goes right. uh, when this is all over. But yeah, it's like everybody knew who Coop was. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah. I know about his anti-smoking campaign. I actually didn't know about that AIDS stuff. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very young. I didn't start paying attention to the world until I was like, <laughs> I don't know, like 15, 16, something like that. Well, yeah, I probably didn't either. But some of this yeah. is stuff I've learned like retroactively, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that that, that came up that way. Um, but yeah, it's like, when, when else can you reference the Surgeon General? Yeah, like, never. It's like <laughs> never going to come up. It's so, yeah, his name is always just going to be burned in my brain. It's such a cool name, too. Like the C and then Everett is cool and Coop. Yeah. Like that's it's all of it is cool. Yeah. Like fucking and fucking cool. <laughs> he had that kind of like didn't he have that kind of like Yeah, crazy movie? beard. Yeah, it was like an Amish beard with no mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. looked he looked dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the ending here. George shows up all frazzled. He's like, Where's Keith? And so Keith's on his way out and he yells out the window, I'm the chucker. Um <laughs> So he doesn't get he doesn't get Keith to to Mrs. Sokol's office, and uh, in the end here, Jerry's just like, "Well, Biff, what's next?" And then Which a very great, and then a very tall woman. Yeah, that's right. Who has George's wallet that he apparently dropped earlier? I guess right. Um, shows up and says, "Ah, oh, you dropped your wallet." Blah blah blah, and then. Uh, I, I hope he I hope he has sex with her. That'd be great for George. I'd like to think that it's implied that he does. Yeah. Where though? Does he take her to his place, I guess? Or maybe Kramer's out and they can use Kramer's place or something. I don't know. Maybe he offers her to take her out for a drink. Oh, there you go. For a meal, but for returning the wallet. There you which go. She somehow knew where to go in the building to Jerry's apartment. Yeah. That, George's wallet. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Like I know that this guy's friends with this other guy. No, either of them. Right. Stuff like that will just happen sometimes on Seinfeld and you're like, right. that makes no sense, but they wrote it. You just have to let it. They wrote it with comedy in mind, which is probably why I like it so much. It's not, they don't necessarily need to tie up all the story, story loose. Right. Yeah, yeah, I would like, so that's there. Um, I hope he has sex there. And then it, the show ends, last scene, um, with a stand-up about boxes. And oh, yeah. it's just talking about, oh, you're looking for boxes when you're moving. It's just all about boxes. Um, even when you're dead, like the coffin is like the last final nice box that you that you're in. I guess it's it's a, it's a cute stand-up. It's not not anything spectacular. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, death is the last move. 
Yeah, your last big move. That's yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. It's cute. Um, his stand-up yeah. in, the, in the shows is cute. Is I'm gonna be saying cute a lot probably about his stand-ups. I think it's like eh, well, it's, it's cute. like yeah, they're not they're not trying to be super deep, you mm. know. But it's like sometimes those things have a little more weight than you'd expect. Yeah. But they're they're not gonna be mind-blowing revelations. No. Like, oh my god, I never thought of that before. Oh my god, yeah. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. He's fluff. It's all so much fluff, as one of his uh, girlfriends on the show oh, says. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. like, you don't like my act. <laughs> yeah, it's all just right. so much fluff. Yeah. yeah. He goes, you're a cashier. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's so he's like dissing this cashier. That's right. They got, they got some classicism problems going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's definitely something to talk about maybe on a different episode, but uh, Hey Mark, that's the end of this episode. This is really fun to talk about this show with you. It was. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I definitely would love to talk to you about a different episode at some point. So let's, uh, let's do that. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh man. Um, your podcast. This was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would like to think that, uh, you know, I would listen to this. Yeah. You know, I hope so. Uh, I mean, hopefully this is entertaining. Yeah. This is the first foray into a podcast about TV, which I, I do another podcast with uh, Laura Witkowski, the stand up okay. comedian, and we do a, a, a podcast called Embrace Yourself. It's a comedy mental health based podcast but so that's that's a little more free form we just kind of have a topic and chit chat this is cool kind of breaking it down and and discussing the the relevant parts of of, of a seinfeld episode um yeah. with you so cool cool thank you for doing this yeah i had a great time thank you awesome all right i'll talk to you soon all right all right take care bye Freaks on the China never mattered before.